Hello and welcome to the Endgame Heroes podcast, a weekly podcast where two best friends talk about the things they love, like movies, TV shows, and video games. My name is Kyle, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jack. Hey, hi, how are you? I am doing very well. How are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. Saw some movies. Been a good time. Yeah, very nice. So... On the docket for this week, we are going to do something a bit different for us. Um, we don't have any huge news topics this week. No reviews, nothing like that. Um, I did finish Mandalorian Season 3 this morning. Jack hasn't finished it, so we'll wait and hold off those thoughts probably till next week. Let you guys watch it as well if you haven't already. But for today, we thought we would break down our review scale. So after last week's episode, we kind of talked about, you know, where we've been sitting at with our reviews and how we want to compose them. So we were speaking and had a good little conversation about how to go about explaining what we're going to be reviewing and how we're going to be reviewing and all the fun stuff in between. So at the main topic of today, we'll just be going over our list of one through 10, what everything means. And giving examples of like movies that fit those criteria for us personally. So it should be a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, this way we can kind of have like a definitive thing. So like when we give something a score, um, you know, this is like it's always going to be in reference to this scale unless we like make a change to it in the future. But if we do, then we'll like we'll note that for you guys. Um, but yeah, that way you can just kind of tell because like. You know, like one person's seven might be completely different from another person's seven and like just like so on and so forth for every number. Um, and it can also like give you a little bit of insight to like what type of criteria I'm looking for or like what we're looking for individually whenever we're like, like, what are we judging the movie off of? Um, you know, like wh where do we wait? Like how important certain things are? Yep. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. And by no means are we professional reviewers. This, you know, like we've said from the beginning, this is for fun. So this is kind of our way to, you know, I think in a sort of challenge ourselves to get better at doing these things by holding ourselves accountable to a certain scale and actually making us think about what we're doing. So I've enjoyed reviewing movies since we've started doing this and it's made me like want to watch more movies and have that critical eye a bit more. So it's, it's fun. But before we hop into that, let's kind of catch up for the week of what we've been doing. Um, like you alluded to, I know you saw what three, four movies in the last week, Jack. Um, I remember three, there could have been a fourth one that <laughs> slipped in there, but I remember three like offhand that I, that we could talk about very briefly. Yeah. Where'd you want to start? Um, yeah, so uh, last Friday night, I saw Suzume, which is the new Makoto Shinkai movie. Um, it is playing in a good amount of theaters nationwide. Chances are you've got one like in your area that you can go see this movie. You can see it dubbed or subbed. I generally always recommend subbed just because you get a little bit better of a, a performance that's like more natural to, to the movie. Uh, let me tell you, this movie is beautiful. It is stunning. It like the soundtrack is a like it just bangs on your heartstrings. Um, the animation is just so crisp and clean and smooth for everything. Um, the characters are great. They're they're they've got a lot of depth to them, uh, which I can't always say for a lot of movies, especially like animated movies of any sort. Um, the story is very compelling and very interesting. Um, it's also hilarious. Like it it has a lot of comedic like themes and elements to it, but it's also got a lot of like really serious, like more mature 
tones to it. And it is just, it is an absolutely wonderful, like loving movie. You can tell that like that Makoto Shinkai, like he loves his craft and he definitely just gets better and better every single time he like comes up with an idea. And like, this is a, this is a very original idea. This is not like, you know, off the top of my head, this is not like a, a knockoff of anything. This is not like super heavily inspired by a thing. It's not like Lion King with Hamlet, you know, like it is, it is very much like a, at least to my knowledge, a very original idea. And it's really refreshing to see that type of movie that can still happen. Um, oh, well, also it's got like some adorable animals in it. So like, I mean, it's, it's literally got everything, like every checkbox that you could want out of just like a really well-made film this has cannot recommend enough. Awesome. I uh, did see the other day. It's doing very well at the box office as well. It is. Yeah. It's doing very well domestically here. You know, thanks in part to, um, I believe Crunchyroll is the distributor for this film. So like, that's how it's like playing in movie theaters. Um, it's doing very well. It, well, it actually, I don't believe has released in Japan. I might be thinking of Mario. One of yeah, those two Mario movies, or maybe not. both. Mario is not. Okay, yeah. So I won't speak out of turn because I'm not sure of Suzume. I would be kind of surprised if that one didn't just because it started in Japan. Um, but like that movie is doing well, like very well, pretty much everywhere. So they're, they've definitely got a success and it's definitely going to mean a green light for Shinkai to just keep pumping out movies like that he wants to make you know we've got three really big ones now for him and uh you know hopefully there's just like many many more to come yeah so um, speaking of mario i know you saw that but real quick before you go into that mario had another great weekend at the box office it's crossed over 600 million worldwide has not released in japan like jack alluded to so it is on track now to hit that billion dollar mark before the end of the box office run which is Awesome to see. Easily. It's going to easily crush it. And, you know, like if uh, we can talk about Mario um, for for a moment as well. That's another movie that I saw. I finally got to see it. Um, And, you know, it was it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, You know, it was very entertaining. I liked all of the references to it. I had no issues with like any of the voice acting. Um, My major like complaint with it is definitely the soundtrack. Like they like and, and I imagine this is in part to like illumination, just wanting to really like Americanize a lot of the things. Um, but like it, just what a strikeout yeah. to have a gold mine of all of these amazing Nintendo soundtracks that they own the rights to that they can just give to illumination to like redo or re you know, do anything that they want with to put it in there. And instead we get like how many times are we going to have to hear the song like holding out for a hero whenever a dude is like saving someone or like doing something like on a montage, yep. like for the love of all that is holy and good. Can we please stop? Like, and then like whenever they're like, okay, like very, very, very minor light spoilers, whenever they go to like Donkey Kong's area and they're doing all of this, like, like they're, physically getting there on the carts they've got take on me by aha playing and it's like don't get me wrong i love take on me that's a song i love to sing to even though like i know i'm gutter trash at it but like how do you waffle that and not have like one of the iconic diddy kong racing songs playing through that that was there's 
just so many missed opportunities from the soundtrack. That is like my biggest complaint with the movie. Everything else is fine. It doesn't have to break molds. It's a Mario movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, I feel like, like, cause the music is so good in like the Mario games and like Donkey Kong games and all of those things. So for them to not fully utilize that to like everything that it could have been, uh, just feels like they just, they just, stepped on like the largest rake possible in the front yard. And that, that to me was like the big thing, but on the flip side of it, uh, Mario, cause like that originally came out Easter weekend. So that like a five day thing. So like those holiday weekends, they always like any movie that comes out there, typically they do much, much better that weekend. And then you see a much steeper drop off just because of that. And again, like, Generally speaking, you know, most movies you're looking at like a 60 to 70 percent drop from week one to week two and then onwards. Um, And, you know, it's typically closer to 70, anywhere from 70 to 80, 90 percent whenever you have like a big weekend for that opening. Um, But with this one, big opening weekend, big holiday weekend, it only had a 30 something percent drop going into week two. That is like Top Gun Maverick levels of staying power that we are seeing, uh, which is almost unheard of for any movie that is like that opens on a big long weekend like that, where you get a lot of people in there. Um, There's no doubt in my mind, this is going to easily crush a billion easily. Like it's not even like it's, it's, it's laughable to think that there's anything that could stop it. This is going to be in the same type of conversations as like, the Avatar, Way of Water, Top Gun, Maverick, like any of these movies that they just stay in theaters forever and they just keep making money. Because like, again, this movie isn't even out in Japan yet. Japan, mm. where Mario is from, <laughs> like originally, not like lore wise, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like as as much money as it is made in America and granted, America is a lot bigger, but like, like you want to talk about like you go back to the source and like this movie is going to kill it is going to slay out once it gets there and like you you want to talk like it's got like a reported budget somewhere around like 200 mil and then like another roughly like 125 mil that typically goes into like production distribution and like advertising everything like that like they've already made so much money back that like I was looking at some things like even when you adjust for inflation, this is easily going to be illuminations like highest grossing movie ever. And like, it's just, it's, it's breaking so many records. And I think this is absolutely going to be the start of the NCU. And it looks like we're going to get like, I'm pretty sure I've, I've read things that like Donkey Kong seems to be like next on the table as like a spinoff thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like, obviously like it's Mario. So like we can keep having more like just straight up Mario and Luigi, like let's get Pedro Pascal as Wario, like Jack Black wants, like Mm -hmm. there's just so many things, you know, we've got like Yoshi, uh, and like, who knows, like maybe it'll just stay to like the Mario characters, but it could very easily go to like, just like Kirby and Link. like it just, there's Nintendo owns so much, like they, they can, they can just throw a dart at a board and just, it'll print money. That's how they are. I mean, there's so many properties they could go with. It'll be interesting to see. Now, I didn't mention this last week because I didn't want to spoil it for you. And I'm sure at this point, most people who want to see Mario have seen it. So like minor spoilers, mainly because this has broken the Internet. Um, The song Peaches that Jack Black sings for Bowser, you know, his, his ode to Peach, which has broken in the Hot 100 on Billboard. 
So like Insane. it's it's a big song. It's technically eligible for an Oscar for best original song. So like this movie has no a lot shot. going for it. And yeah, it won't win, but it's hilarious that it could be nominated. Just that the fact they said that. Um, I Insane. fully agree with you. Like, like I mentioned last week, if the soundtrack was better, if there weren't the original songs, I probably would have given it an eight over a seven. And that was that much of a takeaway from the movie that I dropped at that point. And take on me specifically was the moment where I'm like, this doesn't work at all. Like yeah. holding out a hero. Sure. Overused. It fit the moment in the, in the movie I felt okay. And like, well enough, but take on mm-hmm. me did not. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, uh, that was a moment where like for like a hot second, I was like filled with like just a pure white, hot, barbaric rage as I was just like yelling internally to myself uh, like, what are you doing? You own Diddy Kong Racing. It has some <laughs> of the best soundtracks in video games. Yeah. And like this, this would have been the moment. And like, they just, again, like they just waffled so hard. And it's like, like all of the little children or whatever in the theater were just like, hey, I mean, like they, they loved it. But it was like, no, you don't understand what this could have been. Exactly. And so that's, that's, that's my piece on Mario. Um, And then the other movie that I saw uh, was Renfield, the Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage, Aquafina movie. Um, it, uh, it's, it's not doing great. No, it, a bad opening weekend. Yeah. It's looking like it's definitely going to be a flop. Um, you know, just like financially speaking, I, I don't think there's any shot of it recovering in, in that regard. Um, but it was still like a fine movie. Like I, it had some cool things in it. Um, what's his name? Ben Schwartz, the voice of Sonic and, and, uh, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. He's in it, uh, which I did not know from the trailer at all because he was not in the trailer Mm -hmm. at all. And he was in it way more than I thought he was going to be. Like, I thought it was just going to be like one scene. It's like, no, he's like a, an important character. And I love that guy. Mm -hmm. I think he's really, really funny and he's super good at delivering comedy. Like just like, he is just a very funny individual. And I, I, he's one of those actors that like you just love and cherish and you want him to do good because like, he just seems like a really fun, nice person and we need more. Like he's in the Paul Rudd club, you know, like you just, you want him to be successful because he's just a sweetheart. Uh, Not, not in this movie, but like he he himself (laughs) is. Um, But John Ralphio though is like one of the most funny modern created characters and like a tv show like ron swanson's the definitive character from parks and rec but every scene that john ralphio is in is just insane and his sister uh, jenny slate's character i always forget her name in the show but like she's hilarious with him and i i wish we would have got like a spinoff show of those two that was like the dream right there because they're yeah. so funny like henry winkler playing their dad like i would have loved just a full show about them it would have been terrible but i would have loved it yeah, for sure. Yeah, it it is. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a movie. Now it's got some. It's actually got some pretty cool like um, fight choreographies that go on, and like some cool like plot effects. It is very hard hard R rated. Like it earned okay. that R. There is a ton of blood and like not gore, but just like a lot of bloody violence. 
Um, but like that makes sense. Like this is a movie that is like all about like Dracula and like, you know, mortals dealing with Dracula. So like it makes sense. But just like this is not a movie that you take your kids to. Um, but like it is like I really like Nicholas Holt also. I think he is very underutilized as a whole in Hollywood. Um, I think he does very well here. But like the biggest thing I think that like I guess I have like a problem with in this movie is that like I felt like they really should have leaned harder into like one half aspect of the movie rather than like both of them. It's kind of like you had like two half formed ideas for two separate movies and they just kind of combined them to make them work just with like the sort of like the plot line with Nicholas Holt being one and then the plot line being with Aquafina as the other. And it's like, these both could have been like pretty good movies on their own had they just flushed either of those out more. Uh, but like they combined them instead. So like, it, it's just a little like each of them falls short because they're not given enough time and opportunity to breathe as themselves. Instead, they kind of get like mishmashed. Um, but like, it was still fine. You know, like I, it wasn't bad. You know, it was it was fun. It was a good time. And um, I think those are the only ones that I can think of that I saw. Yeah. I mean, sounds like it was a pretty packed week for you. So was. Yeah. Also been catching up on Wednesday on Netflix. Finally getting my, around to watching that. My wife watched that um, actually while we were recording our past episodes. That was like one of her like go to shows to watch without me because I'm not the biggest Tim Burton style fan. Uh, mm-hmm. in general so she's like i'll give it a shot and she likes jenna ortega a lot she liked her back when she was on you and i know jenna ortega is having a great year so far she is speaking yeah, of stream. speaking of great years for people and then turning it around into the dumpster jonathan majors we've talked yes to, uh, you know a lot about him with uh you know avengers and creed and all this stuff or sorry ant-man going to be avengers um, I'm sure you've heard about the PR trouble he's been having. I, I saw yesterday, like he's been dropped from several projects. His management team fired him. His PR team fired him. And the weird part is, is I've seen reports saying the charges have been dropped, but because of this, more things have come to light about his personality. And apparently he's just a terrible person to most people. So I hope it turns around for him because it's going to be a big pain. I know that sounds pity, but like, uh, or petty, sorry. Um, it's going to be a big pain to recast him as King, considering how much they've already shown him off for the, for the MCU. Yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from. But like, it, what's interesting is I, I haven't really seen too much on like the personal side of it, but I did see like that he was dropped from all of these things and like a bunch of upcoming things that he was like, going to be a part of have been like canceled or have dropped them. Um, uh, but, but like one thing notably that I saw was that, you know, as of this morning, whenever I was looking at this, Marvel has had absolutely no indication of mm-hmm. dropping him at all. Um, like it, it seems like there hasn't even been like a conversation in hushed tones in a closed boardroom yeah. about like recasting him at this point, which I think is like really kind of falling on deaf ears. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was so good in like everything that I've seen him in. But like, if you're, if, if these allegations turn out to be true, which again, I haven't even seen that the charges have been dropped. I've seen that. Like, like he still has to go to court for different things. He's just like out, but like, you know, great. Like if, if any of these allegations are true, like he is a awful, terrible human being. And he like needs to like, find Jesus or something because yeah. like, and like it, at that point, like Marvel's got to recast him. Like, uh, honestly, I'm, sh- 
I'm shocked that like, we're going to tangent real quick. I'm shocked that DC hasn't canceled like Ezra Miller as the flash going forward. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that they're getting help and like going through rehab and they seem committed with that. And it's like, okay, you know what? Underdog story. I'm all about that. But like, if he slips up or if they slip up or make any sort of like big mistakes like that, like again, or even before they went into rehab, like, dude, get, get this person out of here. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not who we want to be. Like one of the like big box art, like front man posters people for our movies like that is he's like they've been so like volatile like it's just so risky and like now with marvel i feel like we're in the exact same boat with uh majors and it's like you don't want to like hype this guy up and have him on like posters as like the big bad and like i know that he's already done filming all of his stuff for loki season two so i imagine they'll just keep that but like, yeah, moving forward with like anything leading up to the secret, is it secret wars? No, Kang dynasty, mm. anything leading up to Kang dynasty. Like, I think there needs to be some serious conversations about like recasting him and just cause like, it's not unheard of. It's happened before in the MCU. It's coming up like with Harrison Ford taking up for Thunderbolt Ross. We got Don Cheadle for war machine. Yeah. We got Mark Ruffalo for Hulk. Like it's not unheard of that we recast them. Um, for like, like some of them, very important characters, like some of these are Avengers. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I think that like, maybe they're just like waiting to see how things kind of pan out. Like they're not wanting to pull that trigger just yet because they know how big of a headache it would be to recast him. Yep. Um, but the fact that they haven't even said like, we're monitoring things, we want to see how things play out. Uh, you know, we've definitely talked about like through a lot of options, nothing is off the table. Um, like even that would go, I think a long way and like would be a win for them when I think they really need it. Like just Disney as a whole, just because I feel like a lot of times they are just like super tone deaf with a lot of decisions that happen. Um, and like this could have been an easy win just by saying that, not even saying we're dropping them, but just by being like, we're aware of the allegations. We're keeping an eye on things. We're going to see how things play out, but everything like is an option. So calm down. Like yeah. we, we have values and we're going to stick to them, which is interesting coming off of the James Gunn stuff, which I honestly believe that's probably why they haven't said anything yet, because I think oh, when they fired James Gunn and had that, that big fan backlash and then rehired him, which eventually mm-hmm. led to him now running the DCU. So good job, Marvel, on that. I think they just don't want to like burn the bridges too soon. So maybe like once the court stuff happens, even if he is cleared of his charges, maybe they'll still say something who knows at this point. And to piggyback off your idea of like for Ezra and recasting him, I don't understand the the biggest thing for Ezra to stick around in the new DCU. Uh, I thought that his version or their version of the flash was fine. It wasn't anything to like, really want to keep i would say out of the original cast like henry cavill would have been the one to keep and they're not doing that so just get someone else playing barry and start over you have flashpoint to use as the example of hey multiverse messed with things i have a different face now sorry and that that would be the end of it i don't understand why they want to keep putting Ezra front and center and giving them all the chances they are. But that's just me as like, I'm not a fan of the portrayal that we got with the Snyderverse stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, I didn't think about that with like the, the backlash with gun and everything like that. That's a really good point. That may very well be why they're 
like so like quiet or hesitant about this. Um, but like on the flip side of that, like that might also be like why Ezra is still in the picture. Maybe James Gunn is like, oh man, like I get it. You know, like mm-hmm. you make a mistake and like things happen. Like he might be just trying to give him a second chance. Like, hey, if you can turn it around, like let's like I I want to try to still be able to use you. But yeah, at the same time, like if you're not going to keep Henry Cavill, then like, dude, like you shouldn't keep virtually anyone yeah. out of that universe. Like recast literally everyone. If you're not going to keep what is, I think, like the standout, like, well, you know, Wonder Woman also, but like some of the standout, like, dude, like this is like the easiest W, like mm-hmm. keep this person. Like Henry Cavill, like doesn't get into fights. He doesn't go on like drunken rants on Twitter. He like he he's a nerd. He's like us. He plays WoW and like Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Like he, he you're not gonna have to worry about him doing things. And he wants to like he wanted the part. Like yeah. he loved being Superman. And like I feel like that was just like such an easy layup that just got slammed down by them saying like no, we're going a different direction. Like granted, like if they want to go a different direction, that's totally their prerogative. It's just kind of crazy to me that they're going to go a different direction for Superman and not the Flash in that regard. Because yeah. like, like dude, you could just straight up like with Flashpoint, it's like all right, no more Barry Allen. It's Wally West now. New new mm-hmm. actor entirely. New Flash entirely. So yeah. they can go a different direction, but. That's that's like all I'll say about it. You know, obviously we have to see how all of this type of stuff plays out. We could get like I don't know when the court date is set. Whenever that happens, we might know more. It might be drawn on. We'll see. Yeah. So um, I don't really have much to add to the uh, what I've been doing this past week. Haven't done a whole lot. You know, just more of the normal stuff. And like I mentioned earlier, I'll save my Mandalorian season three thoughts until next week until after you finished it. We'll give like a spoiler free review on that. We don't need to go into super big details uh, with this season. There's not much to like dive deep into. I don't really think for us at least, especially with you not being like super invested in star Wars right now. So, but yeah, so I think that brings us to our main topic of the week. So we are going to go over our official end game heroes review scale. Um, We will have some unique words for certain rankings, but we're not trying to claim that our rankings haven't been used other places before. I know when we were first talking about like what our scale meant to us, I believe Jack was listing off his things. I'm like, Hey, I'm pretty sure that's exactly IGN scale, which he had no idea. So like, it's not copying them. It just, we happen to align with a lot of the things that other people have said. So do you want to go ahead and give us the, uh, Let's start with the 10 and work our way down. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So 10 to me is a masterpiece. It's not perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. Um, but it is like, it is like the highest like technical achievement of its time. You know, it is something that you write home about. It's something that noodles around with you. And like, just like at every turn, it is just like, Oh my God, dude, this is so good. Like, how is this a movie or Mm -hmm. like, you know, game TV show, whatever. But like, we're going to go like movies for this example, but it's the exact same scale for literally anything that we would rate at all. Um, but it's just like, yo, this is amazing. Um, so a couple of examples that I have, these are two very different movies because again, like I want to give like good examples that like really cast a wide net. Uh, so my first example is the big short. 
which is a movie that came out, I think, like six or seven years ago mm-hmm. now by this point. Um, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, uh, directed by Adam McKay. It's about the housing crisis of 2008 and how people tried to short the banks that saw it coming. Um, it's an absolutely fantastic movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It does such a good job. It, Adam McKay has such a distinct style of filmmaking um, and it is it is just so good. I'm pretty sure it won at least some Oscars, which it, did, it absolutely yeah. deserved to. Um, fantastic movie. Um, on I feel like the complete opposite end of the spectrum, a uh, parasite. Okay, which okay. Uh, I believe won Best Picture the it year did. that it came out, yeah. which is just absolutely unheard of for a foreign film to mm-hmm. win. This is a Korean picture by uh, uh, what's his name Bong Soon. I don't remember his first name. Uh, Kim Bong Soon, maybe I don't know. Um, but like this movie is fantastic. It is, but but like in a completely different way. Obviously, like the cinematography and like the acting and the portrayals, everything is amazing. Like that you would expect out of any movie that you know wins Best Picture or gets a ten on any of these things. But like the biggest thing is that like it, you think you know what the movie is, and you're like, oh, this is this is interesting enough. I'm invested. And then they take their and they slap you so hard across the face that you see God. And when you come back down, you're in a completely different movie. That doesn't happen. There's no nudity. That's just like, you know, uh, figuratively, that's what the movie does. And you're like, I was completely blindsided by this um, Omega twist. In the movie, it is a completely different movie now, and I'm so much more invested than I already was, which is already a super high degree. Like, I remember I saw that movie. It was a packed theater that my wife and I went to. Like, every single seat was filled, and whenever a thing happened that I'll just say you see a thing at like the stairs. Whenever that happens, the entire movie, like the entire theater, we lost our minds. Like we were we were freaking out like oh my god this is not the movie that i thought it was and it was so good and it absolutely deserved every single award that it won it is so fantastic it is like truly in my mind a once in a generation type of movie like there's nothing that is gonna be similar to parasite for a very long time so that's a that's an easy 10 for me yeah i so pile of shame I I own The Big Short. I have not watched The Big Short. I've looked at it to start many times. I want to watch it. I've wanted to watch it since I first saw the trailer for it. That was one of Steve Carell's like first big drama roles, right? It's I, I don't know if it's one of his first, but it's definitely one of his most notable. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um and then I haven't seen Parasite either. That's one of those I've seen on like a Hulu before. I know Big Pile of Shame. Like I said, this podcast is like giving me the uh the want to watch all these movies. So I will definitely get to it. Um, for me, I agree with exactly what you said. Um, we have talked over this list already, so we kind of know, you know, what our guidelines are for this. So yeah, 10 is a masterpiece. Like we said in art, I don't think anything can be perfect because art is subjective and our list rankings will be subjective to how we feel. So you may feel different and that's perfectly fine to me. When I think of like a 10 for a movie, I go in two different directions. I go from my favorite movie of all time, which is The Departed. Um, When I watch that movie, I have zero complaints with any aspect of that movie. It is a 
ride from beginning to end. Some of the most quotable lines of any movie I've ever seen. Huge twist ending, great acting, great editing, great. I mean, it's it's a great movie, period. Um, But for me, on the other side of the scale, like you mentioned, very different movie from The Departed. The Departed, you know, was a best picture winner, like you said, for like, you know, Parasite. But for me, another masterpiece level movie will be Avengers Endgame for me. Um, because of what it built from and what it had to accomplish, I don't think it succeeds as a standalone movie by itself, but it built off of the success of all what came before. And I'm a person who loves callbacks and payoffs. Um, I love the show How I Met Your Mother for that reason, because it constantly referred things from years prior. So the hardcore fans knew it. I love your inside baseball jokes. If I see a t-shirt that has like the Friends Cafe on it, I don't like that. But if it's like a restaurant from the show within there, like th- those are the kind of things that get me going. So when you get these callbacks, <laughs> exactly. But like I have a, um, a McLaren's pub t-shirt from how I met your mother, you know, like mm, okay. stuff like that. Or like I had the uh, Los Poyos uh, Hermanos from Breaking Bad. I had that t-shirt back in the day. So I, I love stuff like that. Cause then the fans see it and know, and same with Avengers Endgame, the moment, when for one cat picking up the hammer amazing moment in history wow spoiler I, we we talked about this when we had our other uh, episode too as well like end games like what, yeah right i know uh it made, it made billions of dollars if you haven't seen yeah. it now you're not listening yeah, to this right? podcast. <laughs> so i i remember being the theater for that movie and i i related it to what my parents always told me their first time seeing star wars was star wars was a moment mm. in the 70s and i feel like endgame was a moment for our generation and when cap sure. picked up that hammer the the crowd lost it like they they lost it and then immediately following that when they all come back and you have a cap on your left and mm-hmm. me being the huge winter soldier fan i am i just that was the greatest moment I've ever had in a theater period. Those two together within five minutes of each other were just excellent. So masterpiece. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from for sure. Um, I cannot fault you for that at all. Um, yeah. And especially like you want to talk about like three things that happen in just like that five minute span. That's the first time also that we actually hear cap say Avengers assemble yep. whenever they're all lined up and he has the hammer fly mm-hmm. back to him and he says it. That's the first time on screen that we like hear him actually say the words. Yep. And like, I mean, yeah, you know, the story of like the first time I saw Endgame, and I'll save that for another time. But like, yeah, dude, you want to talk about just an absolute experience. Absolutely. I will literally I, I would it would be so incredibly difficult for me to have a better movie experience than the first time I saw Endgame like in my life. Like it, there's just no way that anything else is going to compare, but that's because of the circumstances that I had seeing Endgame. We'll cover that like in another episode just because I don't want to go super long, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um so that will take us to 9. And nine I have listed as amazing. So it's not quite a masterpiece, but it's better than great. It is something that like, if it's a nine, chances are I'm still recommending absolutely anyone and everyone to watch that movie, right? Like it is still, you know, just that amazing. Um, So for me, 
uh, actually kind of what you're going off of. I had Endgame listed okay. for okay. it. Um, and the only reason that it's not like a, a true 10 for me is because it does rely so heavily on everything that came before it. So as a movie, mm-hmm. like standing alone, it's it's hard to to justify that but like even if you're just looking at it like infinity war and endgame like just back to back i'd probably give that a 10 but endgame on its own i would Mm. just say is amazing the most impressive thing to me yeah is the fact that they they managed to stick it and they had all of these amazing callbacks and references to things with all of these characters and like it was just made with love with everyone in mind um yeah we've said enough about endgame It's, (laughs) it's amazing for me just on its own, in a vacuum, it is still amazing. Um, the other example that I have actually is a movie that I've been trying to get you to watch for a while now, and that's Your Name, <laughs> uh, which is the first big Makoto Shinkai movie. Uh, I've talked about this movie before. Everything literally that I just said today about uh, the movie that I just Suzume, uh, literally all of that same, almost all of that same stuff can be said about this movie. It's beautiful. Banger soundtrack, really cool, like, plot line. It is so good. Go see this movie. And, like, I, I feel like those are pretty good opposite ends. You've got Endgame and then a Japanese anime movie. So yeah. that's my nines. So to piggyback off of what I just said, my uh, my nine choice would be Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. I, I in, in my heart of hearts, that's still my favorite MCU movie. I don't think it's the best movie. I think it's a very well done movie. I think it's one of the best standalone movies that Marvel ever did. It take it blends that like James Bond espionage perfectly. I think that is the best portrayal we ever got of like Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, Captain America. Like that was just then I thought he nailed it. I thought First Avenger was good. Winter Soldier was amazing. I thought Civil War was really good as well. I didn't think it hit the highs that Winter Soldier did as a movie. It had some awesome moments, but like, I think I can't nitpick really anything from Winter Soldier. Um, I don't think it's level of like a a masterpiece level movie, but it's definitely amazing. Um, And this one is going to make you probably cringe a little bit. Oh boy. All right. Well, before that, I'm just going to say, I'm sensing a pattern here with a lot of your movies, but go on, go on. Okay. What's going to cringe? What's what's, going to make me cringe? Let's let's hear the pattern first, because I'm going to throw you off big time on this next one. Well, a lot of these, it seems like you're going to have an MCU movie for every number, (laughs) but, but I can't fault you for Winter Soldier because that is personally my favorite MCU property Mm -hmm. ever. I think that is like de facto the best made movie that Marvel has done to date as of like April 19th, 2023. I do think it is the best movie that they've made just like as a movie, the superhero stuff is just a backdrop for yeah. it. It is a movie on its own. That's and why I it think succeeds. It's and it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also such a redefining of like Captain America like Chris Evans, just because like, you know, you, you get him in the first Avenger, but like that's in the forties. So they can only do so much. And then like in the first Avengers movie, like his costume was kind of dope and he had to share a lot of like screen time with other actors, but this one having him front and center, they like the Russo brothers, this is the movie that put them on the map. And like, it was just like, yo, like cap can like mess people up. Like he, he is a soldier soldier. Like he will mess them up. See, I thought your I thought your pattern was going to be just Chris Evans because I Captain America, Steve Rogers, Chris Evans is my favorite part of the MCU. I was all the way team cap in Civil War. Like 
for sure. No, hands down, no competition. Team Cap forever. Cap Stan, whatever you want to call me, that's who I am. No shame. So, uh, but yeah. So changing gears to nine, um, it's going to be a comedy movie. Okay. Okay. And it's I again, it's these are personal things, right? But my my pick would be the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting you to go there. Yeah. What a what a funny pick. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and for me like so growing up one of my favorite movies period was Anchorman. I grew up loving mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and that slapstick comedy. And as I've gotten older like I don't appreciate it as much. I can quote it every line of the movie still, but like the other guys I think succeeds not only as it being a hilarious movie, but it also is actually a pretty well-made movie. Like it's just it, it shouldn't be as good as it is because that's an Adam McKay movie, right? I believe so. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's kind of funny that, you know, that's kind of probably why I, I thought that initially, because I only had one, one nine movie written down, but I, I, I you have Michael Keaton being yeah. the funniest he's ever been on screen period. And then you have the best cameos ever with Sam Jackson and the rock. Like, yeah, those were fantastic cameos. And it was directed by Adam McKay, yeah. which is, it, yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, no hate there, right? So, and then you no, have definitely not. Mark Wahlberg, who I think works excellent as a comedic actor. He's a great actor, period. Again, The Departed, the mm-hmm. the big twist ending at the end. I won't spoil it because I, I refuse to for that movie. But like, that's Mark Wahlberg. So like, I love Mark Wahlberg, especially in comedic roles, especially the other guys, the the line delivery in that movie, the comedic timing, the cameos, the writing. Just, I, I love that movie. It It's not a nine critically for sure, but it's a nine mm-hmm. in my heart. And that's all that matters. Gotcha. No, I, yeah, I can't fault you for that. That, that. that was a hilarious movie. I definitely saw that at least a few times in theaters at that point. That would have been my senior year of high school. Um, yeah, it's still got just a ton of quotable lines that like I can think of off the top of my dome that like I will still just like offhandedly use in conversations. Like I'm a peacock, man. You got to let me fly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so literally so we, many lines. It's on, hilarious. On the daily in my office, we have Nerf guns in our office. Right. And oh. on the daily, we desk pop. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So uh, what's your, what's your, what's your eights? I would say once we get past like seven or six, maybe just do one each because at that point they're going to be crappy movies anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've only got like a couple for some of these. So my eights um, I've got two. These are actually kind of similar just in terms of like tone, but they're, I mean, they're still both just absolutely great eight movies. Um, So for me, those would be spotlight and Argo. Um, So Spotlight is a dramatic telling of like the big scandal with the Catholic Church. It happened Mm -hmm. around 9-11, stars Mark Ruffalo, and I want to say... Rachel McAdams. uh, Yeah, was it Rachel McAdams, not Amy? Yeah, Yeah, it it was Rachel McAdams, you're right. Mark Ruffalo and Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton also in that movie. Michael Keaton, man. Great actor. I want to talk about a a guy, yeah, a great actor, versatile actor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, so Spotlight is just a great movie. Um, really, I th- it, honestly, it, it's probably a nine, but I needed something else to put into mm-hmm. an eight category. But it, it's also one of those things like it doesn't have the like rewatchability as something like a nine or a 10 would be just because it is like it is a very like m- more somber, dark topic. 
Um, but like when you watch it, like critically, it is an amazing movie. So like, you know, I, I, I probably would put it as a nine now that I'm talking about it. So uh, we'll go with my other eight that I have. And that's Argo, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, was one of, I think Ben Affleck's, it might've been his directorial debut back in like 2011. Uh, the and town, I'm sure it the town was before that. Oh, it was. It, but it, he did direct this movie and yes. he starred in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it won best picture that year it as did. well. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. It, it like I love the care that goes into like I love period pieces for one. And like for something like this with like a spy extraction type of thing with the CIA um, with like uh, I want to say it was like a, um, not R- Russia, but like somewhere I it was in the say Middle like, East. The, yeah, the Middle East. And it's like like just in, in such a tumultuous time. And again, this is a real story. This happened where. They had to like fake being a movie crew in order to get these like U.S. Mm-hmm. citizens from the embassy out so that they didn't, you know, get like held hostage or murked. And they made like a fake Star Wars movie. Yeah, like they they did all of this type of stuff. And it's just so wild that this like actually happened. And I think they did such an amazing job portraying that in the film. And like also like whenever you see it, uh, th- there are some moments where you see like actual like footage and like. Uh, photos that like are from like the real life events of it happening and like how well they blended it together and made it seamless. And also like in the credits, like how great of a job they did with all of the actors to really get them to look like the actual, like real world counterparts. Um, It was just a great movie. And like, I feel like that is Argo was a time in my life where I really started to love movies and like start looking at them like a little bit more critically just as like I matured and like Mm -hmm. started being like, it's like, man, I love movies. Like I love watching them. So like, I should really try to like pay attention and like try to learn how to like articulate what it is that I love about them or, and like things like that. That's kind of like where that part of me liking or loving movies like came from was like, that was a big one for me. It was a gateway movie. <laughs> so uh, for my eight, I, I do have two ready. Um, I will do one first. This as a, we've talked to death about this, but the original John wick, I would give an eight mm. still to this day. Okay. I, cause like I ranked, you know, four than one still overall mm-hmm. as a, as a series. And I, I gave John wick for that nine, but uh, John wick one, I think was a great universe establisher. They gut punch you right in the beginning. The action's incredible, especially for the first in the franchise. And I didn't pick this as my uh, as a 10, but to me, the matrix is a 10. So like Keanu Reeves, excellent actor. I, I love his John Wick portrayal, you know, Neo and the first matrix specifically is still like the 10 for me, but like John Wick with that eight. And then um, my other eight is a movie that I'm sure you've probably seen. And I love the movie and I love this director and pretty much everything he puts out. I'll watch, but that is La La Land. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I love La La Land. I love Whiplash. I would uh, put them right next to each other, but I will watch La La Land all the time. Um, there, I would give it the higher score, but there's this one area of the movie that just really kind of rubs me wrong. If you've seen the movie, you kind of know what I'm talking about where like they're at the conservatory and there's this really weird like drugged out scene where they're dancing through space and it it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't fit the movie at all. And it's enough to take me out of it. I love that movie to death. I love the soundtrack and Emma stone won an Oscar for it. Ryan Gosling was nominated for the Oscar for it. Like it had the unfortunate, um, Oscar swap thing with moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just, yeah. Great movie. 
great. Um, great with an eight. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I would definitely say, uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Great movie, uh, great musical. It's one of those things like I would definitely say Whiplash is a better movie, but La La yeah. Land definitely has more like rewatchability yeah. to it because I, I, again, yeah. like Whiplash is like spotlight, like it it's really good, but like mm-hmm. oh boy, like you can only stomach so much. Yeah, <laughs> I think Whiplash Whiplash is a nine to me, but I like yeah, La La Land same. more overall as a person. And like me and you growing up in Indiana, like for those who haven't seen Whiplash. It's essentially Bobby Knight from the Indiana Hoosiers, but as a music teacher in New York with a drummer named Miles Teller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely agree. Uh, so that takes us down to seven. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So seven's good. This is a good movie. It's not bad. It is, it is worth going to see, but like if there's this movie and something that is like probably going to be an eight or higher, I'm putting this one on the back burner. Um, so for me, uh, one that really stood out and it gets kind of hard just because like, I feel like whenever you get towards like this part of the spectrum and then like below until you get to like really low numbers, it's kind of hard to really recall a lot of movies that would Mm -hmm. fall under this umbrella just because like a lot of them, you either just kind of forget about them or they just kind of like disappear into the ether. Right. Um, but so like I literally just looked at my bookcase at some of the movies that I've collected over the years. And it's like, what's a good movie? Um, so for me, Fellowship. Of the, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, Moneyball is uh, okay. my prime example for a good movie. It yeah. is um, uh, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. Um, it's like whenever baseball was essentially redefined from going off of like gut feeling for scouting players to just statistics and, you know, Moneyball, like it's it's a great movie. It's not great. I need to use the right terminology. <laughs> it's a good movie. It is a really good movie. It's probably like a 7.5. So like really good, not quite great. Um, but I think it's a really good time. It's got really good acting in it. It's um, it, it, Chris Pratt is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's in a smaller role, but like that's kind of where he was like transitioning from like TV side of things to like more like movie things. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just like a really good movie. Good time. So that being said, you mentioned 7.5 there. Have we officially decided that we will be using the 0.5s to help describe us? Uh, yeah, I I'll I'll cave on that because like I'm I've been so guilty of essentially doing that even though I'm the one that's like no, just <laughs> the 10. So like yeah, we could use the 0.5s going forward. So yeah, I would just say like a 7 is good, 7.5 really, really good. good. Yeah, exactly. 8 is great. Nine is 8.5, really great. <laughs> That's yeah. essentially what it is. Yep. And then, like, it just goes like the opposite way whenever we get to like the bad ones. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, so, seven for me, I'll, I'll use my recent pull there. I think the, the Super Mario Brothers movie is a good movie. Um, okay. Personally, I don't think critically it is, but as, as a Mario fan, lifelong fan. Um, and then to kind of bring it into what we talk about. I would give Man of Steel a seven. Um, mm. I, I wish it was higher. I do. I, I I actually really like Man of Steel, and there's parts of it that are really really good. Like it could maybe even be like nine worthy, but they do a few things in the movie that we've talked about on this podcast that were just inexcusable to me. Jonathan Kent's death being one of them. The fact mm-hmm. that the movie was too desaturated. Um, Clark never smiled the entire movie. Like those are cardinal sins for Superman as a whole. And uh, if they hadn't done those things, we could have had something truly special with. Yeah, I will say 
I'm going to fact check you. He smiled at the very end after he like dropped that yeah. drone on the military. He, but like, I totally a, get what yeah. you're saying. It yeah. is, it was, it was way darker tonally, but like, I get that that was like Zack Snyder's vision. Yeah. He was going a different direction. Like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I would agree. I, it, yeah, it's good. Uh, it had some really great parts and then it also mm. had some really bad parts. So I totally understand that. And yeah. like, as a Superman stand, definitely. Yeah. It, it, it hurts me that it's only a good movie. Especially <laughs> like, when it has a 10 out of 10 trailer, two 10 out of 10 trailers, because yeah, it was the inverse it really trailers. Does. It really does. It, it has some banger. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So that'll take us down to a six, mm-hmm. which, and, and like, yeah, now, like at this point for a lot of these, I've only got like one example again, ether hard to remember. So six is to me, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's nothing to write home about serviceable. Um, but, yeah, it's serviceable, but like at this point, I'm not, probably not going to recommend that you watch a six or below unless it's like, it, unless it like you have to watch it to understand context for something else, right? Like, so mm-hmm. for me, a six, I would put The Eternals. Okay. Yeah. It was okay. It was fine. And again, it has some really great things. It's still kind of. Honestly, like it's, I'm a little upset still that the Eternals gave us a better Superman versus Flash (laughs) fight than the Justice League, whatever they resurrected him and he went crazy. But like, that's neither here nor there. Like, it had some good thing. It had some really cool things that happened. But I think a lot of the other things, just like, I feel like it just should have been not a Marvel movie. They should have just like let her make like just a completely different thing. I think it would have been better. Um, but like just through the lens of like the MCU and like essentially being forced to do things a certain way in so many regards, I think really held that movie back, uh, from being good to great to amazing. Um, and for me, that's why it falls short to, okay. And again, it's not bad. It's not the dark world, you know, like it's, it's still fine. And Mm -hmm. like, again, like you're depending on what they do. Cause honestly we haven't seen anything greenlit moving forward, but like assuming they move forward with any of those characters, like with blade or the black Knight, or just like more of the eternals, like you're going to need to see that movie for the yeah. context. So that's why I would recommend it to you. And again, if you just want to see like a really dope Superman versus the justice league fight, then you would also want to watch Marvel's the eternals because it has that in it. And you know, DC doesn't uh, to, to but- be fair though. One of the only good parts of Justice League is that fight where you just referred to. It is. And and that is one of the standout parts of that movie. But the fact that Marvel did it better is just so aggravating. And like, again, I love Marvel and I love DC both. I think DC has a better stable of characters to work with. And like, that's why it is just so painful to me whenever we see them just trip up on like properties that I hold near and dear to my heart. Just, I'm pretty sure we talked about this before, how like to me, Marvel has already always had like the B and C tier characters mm-hmm. versus like DC's A and S tiers. Yeah. So it's just wild to me that like Feige and all of these people like made these like C tier, like guardians of the galaxy, like just jokes and memes of characters. And they've turned them into like these Omega awesome, super cool, crazy, like superstars wild to me but like and like again like that's not a knock on anything like that's a credit and testament to them um but like yeah eternals is just okay yeah um so 
keeping with the superhero trend, I thought about going the MCU route, giving you like an example as well. Uh, the Eternals did come to mind. Um, the original Thor came to mind as well, but I think I would be closer mm. to closer to the seven on that one simply because of like Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth's chemistry. I've mm-hmm. had a crush on Natalie Portman since middle school, ever since she was Same. in Star Wars. So Phantom and, Menace, baby. Oh, attack of, my princess. Attack of the clones. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, that that's always a fun little joke with my wife, but Hey, I mean, Chris Hemsworth too. I'm not going to judge. Right. You know, he's a gorgeous human being. Dude. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. You want to talk about specimen like that man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like I am, I am straight. Like I am not like gay at all, but like, like Chris Hemsworth, like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta You'd be a fool. Like, if he was, it'd be like, Hey, you want to spend the night with me? I'd be like, I don't think I'm a, like legally allowed to say no. <laughs> uh, like yeah. him and Ryan Reynolds. Those are like two people that are like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I yeah. think that's a good example. But but yeah. So that's not really. Uh, so that was I would say Thor's a seven still. But uh, mm-hmm. for a six for me, I would give the Dark Knight Rises a six. Um, Ooh, talk, talk, interesting. So again, me and Jack, big DC fanboys, you will come to learn this over the course of this podcast. We root for DC Absolutely. so hard, you know, and the Nolan trilogy is interesting. Uh, I'm personally more a fan of the uh, Batman Begins over Dark Knight as far as rewatchability goes. I think that Dark Knight is the best movie in that trilogy by far. Um, it's a very well-made film. Um, and that's why it was nominated for Oscars and such. And Heath Ledger specifically was incredible. But the Dark Knight Rises, I remember seeing that in theaters. That was, a you know, with the Joker shooting stuff. Um, actually, I wonder. Back then, they didn't really have midnight showings in Evansville, where we used to live. Right. Um, so I went to see. They had a couple. Uh, not It was rare. So I, I went yeah. the morning it came out because it came out in the summer and uh, mm-hmm. to go see it with my dad at the uh, the IMAX at you know mm-hmm. where we were in Evansville. And uh, they were like, oh, the movie's delayed, you know, the first showing of the day because of this shooting. I mean, that's weird. Um, obviously, it was terrible what happened and don't need to rehash that. But I remember being so excited for this movie and finally seeing it and being very let down um, by a lot of things. You know, Bane and his voice. Um, Tom Hardy is a great actor. I did not like that portrayal of Bane. I did not like Talia Al Ghul in that. I didn't like how. OK, side tangent of this movie. Bruce Wayne is a millionaire, right? He has all the money in the world. And then he's also Batman who can do all these crazy things. Man breaks his back, somehow fixes his back with a rope and crawls out of the world's most giant manhole and somehow gets across the world back to Gotham where it's under full lockdown and has the gall to wait to the exact moment when the police are about to be murdered on ice to light a giant bat symbol on a building to show back his arrival. That means this man hung out while people were being tortured to paint with gasoline a giant bat symbol in this building. Like, priorities, dude. Come on. I mean, what are you going to say, man? He's a showman. You know, he's got to make an entrance. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's Batman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I can nitpick the Dark Knight rises to death because, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a lot of things um, yeah. like the Bane voice is hilarious to me. Like, it's so bad. I was born in dark. Yeah, no, it's, it's 
But again, like it was a different take on it, which I'm never going to fault them for going. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though like I have problems with it, at least it wasn't Jared Leto's Joker, you know? So like it yeah. could be worse. Oh, we're, um, we're, we're getting there. Don't yeah, worry. We're almost like, there. Oh, I totally forgot about Suicide Squad. I've got another one to throw down <laughs> in like the awful categories, but like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fine example of an okay movie. I would yeah. agree with a lot of what you said. All right. So um, now we're in the, the, the tier where it's just like, okay, these are borderline bad or worse at this point. Right. Uh, what was our official five ranking? So five for me, I had down is just neutral. Okay. It is neither good nor bad. It is like, would I, could I watch this movie? Sure. Could I also take a nap and get the exact same amount of enjoyment out of it? If not a little bit more, probably. So like, it is just it, watching paint dry. It is, it is just super bland. It is beige. The movie, it is very safe or just like, it's nothing groundbreaking. It is, it just exists and you will definitely forget about it, but at least you're not going to be angry that you saw it. And for me, the example that I have, I really couldn't think of any off the top of my head, but luckily I saw Renfield last <laughs> weekend. So I would put that as a neutral movie. It mm-hmm. it exists. It's doing its own thing. I'm not upset that I spent money on the tickets to go see it, um, but it's definitely not something that I'm going to write home about. That's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, I would give it to Eternals. Uh, I I didn't like it mm. very much at all. I mean, I I didn't hate it. I didn't. There was anything specifically bad about the movie. I I saw it. I saw it on Disney Plus. Didn't have to pay for it, and I was like, wow, that was uh that was two hours. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Moving. Uh, do you feel like we can move on? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. I, I think from here on now, it's just gonna be like, hey, these movies suck. Yeah. And it's, if you want like a bad movie night, like buckle up because we've got some some bangers for mm-hmm. you. But um, yeah, so for me, a four is where we officially get to bad. This is a bad movie. The people that made these movies should be penalized in some way, shape or form. And you should not see them unless you are specifically like going out of your way to watch bad. Cause like some movies are so bad that they're funny to watch through mm-hmm. that context. But like, it is not like something that you go on like opening weekend, hoping that it's going to be like an Avengers. And then you get like gutter trash, you know, like a bad movie for me, I have, uh, and this one actually holds a lot of value to me because it's where me and my friend group in high school started what we had as Bad Movie Friday, where we would get together every Friday and we would get a DVD from Netflix, which they actually just canceled that today. Mm-hmm. That was a news thing that I saw. Yeah. But like we would get a bad movie from Netflix and we would watch it and we would just like have dinner, play like whatever, like video games or like Halo 3 or like we'd go outside mm. and do stuff like it was it was uh very fond memories for me from my high school. But the one that started bad movie Friday for me was 2007's dragon wars. Dragon and wars dragon Wars. I've never yeah. even heard of that movie. Yeah. It's, it's not good. That's why. <laughs> like, well, I, t- I tell you right now, you thankfully gave me another one down the list that I would have been sad. I forgot about. So, Okay. Well, yeah. So what, yeah, this movie is bad. The CG is bad. The plot is bad. The acting is bad. Everything about it is bad. 
it's it's it was it was bad like me and my friends in high school we were dumb high schoolers we went to this movie hoping that it was going to be like this awesome like a godzilla type of movie and it was none of those things we were laughing the whole time it was a joke it was bad what's your bad movie what's your four <laughs> i'm so torn because i could go so many different places uh that some are some are obvious i'm trying to pick one that's not quite as obvious for you know how our list has been trending but I think I'm going to have to stick to just, you know, yeah, I'll I'll go with X-Men three, the last stand. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was so hyped for that. that. I was so hyped for that movie. X-Men two was great. I mean, not by today's standards by any means, but I was so let down. I saw that twice in two days in theaters too. Like I was somehow like mistaken after the first viewing that I wanted to see it again. And then looking back, that's just a bad movie. Okay. Yeah. Solid, solid choice. I, I agree with you, honestly, you know, like obviously 2006 was a very different time, but even in 2006, my high school freshman self recognized it's like, this is not good. You guys, (laughs) this is, this is, this is bad. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That's that's a solid bad. So what's our official number three rating? So for me, and like, if you want, we can definitely change it. But for three, I just have terrible. I would, I would hundred percent agree. Okay, cool. So for me, a terrible movie. Um, You know, I had one listed, but because you brought this up, I'm going to go with a different one. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse 2016. (laughs) Um, I'll also throw in another one. Pixels, which was an Adam Sandler. Never saw that one. So terrible. Awful movie. This, this, trash. this might be foreshadowing, but um, would you put X-Men Dark Phoenix above or below Apocalypse? Um, I cannot because I never saw it. Okay, good enough. And, and you don't and see honestly, it. Yeah. And like, honestly, like at this point, I won't unless like I literally like unless I want like to watch a bad movie. <laughs> um, but like I physically could not see this movie. Um, because like at first I was like, oh, I still want to see this, you know, like X-Men. I like, you know, um, I liked Day- Days of Future Past and First Class. These were fun. Um, so I want to see how that saga ends. But like, I kid you not where I lived in Utah, like a popular, like a populated area of Utah, you know, like Salt Lake City I lived in. Uh, COVID hadn't happened yet. There was nothing that would have stopped this from happening. Um, It was in theaters for maybe a week. And I (laughs) like it it just didn't play in any theater within like 50 miles of me. And I was like, ooh, that's very telling that this is not a good movie in the slightest. So I can't even judge it because it physically didn't stick around long enough for me to even attempt to watch it. Yeah. I imagine it, that it's probably worse than Apocalypse because of that. I, I because would say I could yes. definitely, yeah. Because like whenever Apocalypse come out, I definitely would have been able to see it in like the second week of it existing. And I cannot say that about Dark Phoenix. So clearly, like there's a there's a scale there. But um, yeah, those are two movies that I think are terrible um, or awful. Um, like the slang that I would use for this category would be gutter trash. Um, <laughs> And uh, like enough, like you want to you want to know why Pixels is bad. Watch movie Bob's review of this movie. Literally, just YouTube search movie Bob 
pixels and you will understand the type of rage that can exist <laughs> in a human being that I am just all for. Like it is, it is a hilarious video. Don't watch the movie. Just watch the movie Rob review because it's a better and be way shorter. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so my number three then would be the matrix revolutions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely can agree with yeah, that. Terrible, terrible movie. So bad. Terrible movie. Like, Reloaded, it's fine. It's probably a five or a six. Matrix yeah. 1 as a 10. But, man, the last, the, tr- the last, well, actually, yeah. You know, I'll leave that there because I can just throw off one more <laughs> after. It's fine. All right. Well, what's the, the official term for uh, our number two? This is where it gets fun, right? Yeah, so th- we, get, we get a little bit more fun here. And yeah, there's nothing else that we need to say about Gutter Trash 3s. Like, I, can we just, can we agree that Gutter Trash can be the official label for 3? Because I really like that. I mean, I, I at the, if, if at this point a movie comes out or a game or whatever is a 3, it deserves to be called Gutter, gutter Trash, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, because I love that term, but I use that every day. Um, so two for me, I have listed as a garbage truck on fire. <laughs> Which I want to say that might have actually originated from What's Good Games, which is another podcast that I enjoy. I think it's Um, kind of funny, actually, because they had the the morning show logo as like the, the garbage truck on fire. Okay, it's from one of them. They they're, probably they're, like essentially they, just co-opted it together. Yeah, they're they, friends. Yeah. They they're in the same community. Yep. Um, but that is a term that has always stuck out to me: a garbage truck on fire. So you've got a giant machine that is filled with literal trash. So it already smells bad, and then you set it on fire. <laughs> so it's somehow even worse. Um. So. I've got a couple of examples for this, but I I think I really only need one. And for that one, I'm going to say it's Morbin time. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I figured that would be a one for you, but yeah. I somehow have a movie that is, I think, technically worse, but it is way more dated. Um, But yeah, it, what an awful vitriol, (laughs) just a hated movie. And like I would put Black Adam in the same category, both Fair Morbius enough. and Black Adam, I think were both like garbage trucks on fire. Yep. They are so bad. Uh, like Black Adam at least had like a couple of like cool like fight things that happened, but just as a whole, it was like one of the worst things that I ever watched. Like I want to gouge my eyes out Oedipus style because of this movie. <laughs> um, and Morbius, literally the only thing that there is to say that is good about this movie in the slightest is that Matt Smith was in it. That's yep. literally it. But he but, was and, not even used properly. He wasn't, but he existed. <laughs> and like, that is literally the only good thing that you can say about Morbius. Everything else about that movie, garbage truck on fire. It was so bad. I wish that I hadn't seen it because it taking even like one megabyte of like my mem- like internal memory in my brain is a waste. <laughs> like it is so bad. <laughs> so... For my number two, I have two that I'm going to, to say for this because I think it's just there's so many bad movies like at this tier. I especially lately. I feel like the last like five years. But to continue yeah. off the Jared Leto train, Suicide Squad. Mm. What a garbage truck. Yes, the original Jared Leto. If it wasn't for Margot Robbie, it'd be a one. Easy. But she, mm-hmm. you know, at least gave it something. But like, yeah, Jared Leto all over the place. That movie was all over the place. Cara Delevingne's character was I feel like that whole movie just didn't know what it wanted to be. It, again, garbage truck on fire. Second example, X-Men Origins Wolverine. 
Oh, the 2009 one, right? Yes, not the, the, not yeah. the one where he goes to Japan? Yeah, so that's that's the Wolverine. Yeah, this one is the one where they bring Ryan Reynolds in his Deadpool for the first time, which is interesting to, at the least. His Wade Wilson was actually fun, but that movie is a I mess. Like yeah. That yeah. is such a for mess. Sure. For sure. I would agree with you. Yeah, Garbage Truck on Fire. Um, I really liked him as Wade Wilson, and like obviously mm-hmm. – uh, he liked himself as Wade Wilson too, because we got him as like actual Deadpool later, yep. which is fantastic and phenomenal. And I can't wait for Deadpool three. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Garbage truck on fire. It, it is, it is just so bad. It's yep. like, how like yeah. it's Hugh Jackman. It's Ryan Reynolds. It's, they even have like, uh, what's his name? Leave Schreiber in it as Saber too. Like it could have been so the, good. They, they made them brothers. Why? Yeah. Why? Just so bad, dude. It was, it was gutter trash mm-hmm. and just utterly ridiculous. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So this takes us to a one. So for a one, I have listed as a blight upon this weary land. <laughs> this is truly like desolation levels of just unholy, awful terrible things that should not exist the world is literally a worse place for this merely existing not even being remembered but just somehow like it it taking up space is a sin (laughs) and it should be destroyed and cleansed with fire um Obviously, there are a ton of movies that could fit in this category because, like, there are some real stinkers out there. I think for me, and I honestly, I think it's kind of a cop out answer. Um, it just and this is a movie that I've seen, I saw it for Bad Movie Friday back in high school. Um, it's widely regarded as the worst movie of all time, and that would be Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> it was so painful i would rather like chop off my own penis and then eat it than watch that movie again it was so bad like please let me diarrhea into a cup and then drink it over watching this movie again it is so incredibly bad i feel like this episode is like a really prime example where you get a lot of like more of like my slang and a lot of like my day-to-day speech speaking and like you like my uh not euphemism but like just like my style of or brand of talking which generally i i try to keep like at a more (laughs) like not even professional but just like more age appropriate level for our podcast but like when we're talking about something like this like this is how it makes me feel it makes me feel like i wish i was one of the victims in the movie spotlight like i would have rather just like i please gone girl me like please let me get beheaded by isis please do absolutely anything else over let me watch this movie again i would rather like wash my eyes out with bleach and then gargle it than see this movie again it was so bad do not watch it even if you want to watch a bad movie do not watch it it will just i guess you could watch it if you like have insomnia and you're trying to fall asleep because it'll knock you out whether by watching it it will knock you out or from you trying to hang yourself during watching it you will lose consciousness it is so bad okay (laughs) <laughs> not not the pick I thought you were gonna go with. So I so yeah, blind upon this weary land. Okay, so <laughs> to keep it fresh. Mine, and thank you for reminding me of this because I I did originally think this, but my number one, well actually not my number one most worst movie, but Dragon Ball Evolution. 
Oh yeah, that's a really yeah. good blight. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, for sure. As a as a kid who grew up loving Dragon Ball Z and and all that, like getting a live action Dragon Ball movie was a cool idea. And then we got what we got was an American Goku, which was just the weirdest thing ever. But bonus because I feel like this is the worst movie I've ever seen that I I have left to say, and I'm not sure if you've even seen it because it's so bad. But Jack and Jill. So Jack and Jill, I actually had um, also under garbage truck on fire, okay. but I didn't include it because we had easy layups with Morbius and Black Adam. Yeah. But I totally respect yeah. uh, Blight Upon This Weary Land. That is like <laughs> that is the opposite of like what you want from an Adam Sandler movie. It mm-hmm. was so trash. Yeah. Like it. that's one of those movies because like Nicolas Cage is a pro- I-, I promise this will make sense. Nicolas Cage <laughs> is an actor that had a lot of financial trouble so for a while he was a meme because he was taking whatever dog shit awful gutter trash movie wanted to get him because he had to pay off debts and like jack and jill for me is a movie where like i wonder it's like like i'm not super in tune with adam sandler as like a person like does he did he gamble away a fortune like did he just need to make a quick buck did like someone scorn him and he had to get back at them with this movie somehow. Yeah. That's a terrible one. And yeah. dragon ball evolution. I would definitely also agree. I would probably put that as a garbage truck on fire, but I could definitely see it as a blight upon this weary land, especially as a dragon ball fan. Yeah. I remember I, that is one of the few movies that I saw the midnight release for oh, no. in Evansville. No. I, yeah. Me and my friends, we were so hyped and excited because we were all big dragon ball Z fans. And we saw that movie and like the day beforehand, like the day leading into it, like that Thursday, uh, my last class of the day was computer programming. And like, the person that sat behind me we were like talking back and forth he was wearing a blue t-shirt with a red uh, like an orange one over it that he cut the sleeves off of because because he was also seeing it at midnight and he was so excited and he just wanted to like be able to like show that excitement and like me and my and like the two friends that were sitting like with me in our row in computer programming, we all saw that. And we were like, are you seeing the movie tonight? Cause we are. And he was like, hell yeah, dude. And we were like, oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to talk <laughs> about it tomorrow. And then tomorrow came oh. and you want to talk, you want to talk about, and this was in high school, mind you, like we were still like bright eyed and full of hope. <laughs> you know, the world hadn't beaten us down yet. Well, this movie will but show like, it to you. This movie truly like drained the hope and life out of the friend that wore the Goku inspired stuff. Like he was so sad, <laughs> like laughably so. And again, we were also very sad, but just the look on his face. If I were to put it into terms, it looked like he had been waterboarded on his birthday. Oh, no. Is what he looked like. <laughs> you know, so like sad. that's. Yeah, just incredibly sad. So yeah, that's that's a really good one pick. That's a that's solid. Yeah, uh, that came out like the same time as Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li, and yeah. there was just something about that era where there's some really bad movies were coming out. I, I feel like we've gotten like almost that repeated recently with like these bad DC and Marvel movies. But yeah, that 2007 to 2009 era had some real stinkers. Yeah, I think that is. That is a period in time where I think we had a lot of movie adaptations of like beloved properties that really gave 
adaptations of bad name. Mm-hmm. Like that is where we got some of the worst offenders for sure. Like, yeah, the, yeah. it's just truly a, like there, there were some great movies that came out in that period, but man, there were some awful ones too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about this. I yeah. feel like that's our that's a pretty good definitive scale. And yeah. obviously there are a ton of movies that fall under those categories, but like this is literally just a couple of examples to give you a general guideline of how we feel about them. Um chances are you will never hear us review another one or a two. Hope not. Um or probably not even a three, just because like at this point, like it's pretty hard to go into a movie and not know if it's going to be gutter trash. And like at that point, if it's gutter trash or below, I'm skipping. Well, <laughs> like, it is not worth my time. DC There's still too at, much good stuff. DC oh, has a couple left. Fair. still before we reboot. So hopefully not Aquaman two or the flash, but who knows? So I, I keep mean, getting Aquaman two is a thing. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, I just keep forgetting. You'd think that Flash would be like the last one, but somehow it's yeah. not. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984, I would have pretty low on our review scale. I haven't thought about it in depth, uh, but it'd be really low on that list as well. Very, very bad movie. But yeah, so I think that about wraps up that um, our nice little one through 10 rankings. Let us know what you think about them and you know if there's any picks that we are just way off base on, because again, it's all opinions and that's the beauty of this podcast for us is this is our opinions and us having fun talking about them. So because obviously this is all subjective, except if you try to say the plan nine is something other than what I said it was, in (laughs) which case you're wrong. You should feel bad. I hope you die in a fire and I hope your kids never learn how to read because they don't deserve any joy in their life because you're their parent. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Other than that though, completely subjective. Way to, way to end our podcast, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how we do it, baby. <laughs> I feel like there's been a trend the last few weeks that you just get more and more off the chain as the episode goes and just end on this high of you just causing pure chaos. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. Like, I even like the reason I was a little bit late this morning or like this afternoon was because I went on a run and it went longer than normal. Mm-hmm. So like then I'm like foam rolling and showering and everything like that. Normally that tires me out, but I, I guess I just found my second win because, hey, yeah, like, talking about lately, those trash fires, you know. Yeah, I, I guess that's the secret. Like anytime I can talk about something that just like makes me really angry or like just really emotional in some way, shape or form, it gets it gets me going. You know, it gets me amped up. I'm amplified. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight a Nazi. Like, let's go, baby. Oh, All right. Well, you, you going to tell me you wouldn't fight a Nazi like they're Nazis, bro. Like <laughs> if there's any time you should ever like volunteer to fight someone, it's if they're a Nazi. Like, get out of here. Hey, we both moved away from Indiana. OK. Yeah, Southern Indiana, to be precise, much more of a thing there. But yeah, like you got to fight a Nazi. Oh, Come on. man. They're Nazis. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps up this week's episode of the Endgame Heroes podcast. This has been episode 11. So until next week, my name is Kyle. And I'm Chaos Jack. See you next time. <laughs>